22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Three weeks, why oh why did it, did you all wait three weeks to give us a podcast? That's Obviously what, so you can stop choking on that dick. So, whoa, <laughs> and I try not, I try to keep the fucks out of this. But whatever. Well, that's something. That's what the public exclaimed to me, and I just responded by nothing because I've been too busy. All right, so welcome to another hot like a summer day edition of Meanwhile, twenty two pages later, episode one hundred nine. I'm one of your hosts, the Cap, and with me, as always, is the man known for pulling no punches with his reviews. So that means a lot of punches will be thrown below the belt. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Fetal stem cells aren't those controversial? Well, in your time, yes, but nowadays, shut up. Besides, these are adult stem cells harvested from perfectly healthy adults whom I killed for their stem cells. Oh, God. <laughs> Professor Fonsworth. Oh, yeah. All right. I thought we stopped recording for a second. I was like, well, the joke wasn't that bad. <laughs> it probably was. And I, it was. Um, and also with us is the man who is some, who some considered as the human Snoopy snow cone machine because he's so chill as fuck. That's an 80s reference. RT Square off the tech. From this day forward, I shall be known as Ralph the Tech, the guy in the chair. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it because you're in a chair? Yes. Oh, okay. Actually, you're on a couch, but okay. It's a chair. It, it? It, well, it's, it's a seat. It's a wide chair. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a, a chair. wide chair? Damn, Mike. It's a chair that accommodates more than one person. There you go. So you're it's a chair that accommodates more than one person. You're taking up all the seating you're saying? Yeah. What the? <laughs> See, that's the reason. Because I have my legs splayed across the couch. Oh, splayed? Whoa, whoa. First, I thought you were going to say you had your legs spread open, and I'm like, ill, visual. <laughs> Only when the ladies are around. Ooh. That is just, that's even gross. <laughs> that's even more I was, gross. I was wondering why Gigi left in a hurry. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 no, no, no Ralph is my wife jokes. That's not good. <laughs> and by the way, did anybody remember the Snoopy snow cone machine? Um, I'm way too young to remember something Fuck like out that. of here, Mike. You were like 30 when the shit came out. Ralph, did you know what it was? Snoopy? A snow snow cone machine. Snow cone? It was a toy back in the 80s. Basically, you can make the ices now that they have now. You could make them. And you'd make the yellow ones? Ew. What is wrong with you? You're just off today. Wow, this whole podcast is a shit today. But let's let's, let's right the ship and um, tell them what we're going to be doing today. Today, we'll be reviewing... War for the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Yes, but first, MFG. Is he more Walter Cronkite or Maury Povich? In any event, he has the latest in geek and comic info to report. So shut up, because this is the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Cat. I'd say I'm more Walter Cranky and and Marty Mobich. <laughs> I will totally, I will, I will double on that. I will co-sign on that. I concur. Alrighty. So quickly getting into it, we've got some deaths, and I'm going through these rapidly. There's only a few. Uh, horror movie director and Night of the Living Dead creator George A. Romero died on July 16th following a brief but aggressive battle with lung cancer. He was 77. Oh man. Lincoln Park singer Chester Bennington died from suicide by hanging on July 20th. His body was discovered in his home by an employee. Bennington was 41. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Actor John Hurd, best known as the dad from Home Alone, died on July 21st. He was found dead by hotel staff in Palo Alto, California, while recovering from minor back surgery. No cause of death has been provided. Hurd was 72. Yeah, it was like I'm like, wow, that was just yeah. death, death, death. But enough of that. Yeah. Remember watching the OC and thinking, 
If only Sandy, Kirsten, Ryan, and Seth had powers beyond being white, privileged, and disturbingly beautiful. (laughs) Well, someone at Hulu heard you. Coming this fall, Marvel's uh, Runaways will bring mutants, sorcerers, and genius science nerds to your viewing device as six diverse teens band together after finding out their parents are actually evil. According to Jeff Loeb, the series' tone will be more akin to a coming-of-age drama than a superhero show. And in an unexpected twist, Loeb announced that although Marvel's Runaways will air on Hulu, it will live, quote, in the same world as Netflix Marvel's shows, Hmm. end quote. Loeb, however, declined to say exactly how that would happen. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so they're going to tie this in somewhere with the other characters yeah. on Netflix. Well, you figure that, um, like, what is it? What's the, is it, is it Tina Minuru or something like that? The one that's, that has the magic powers in the team. I can't think of her name offhand. Her, what we assume it must be her mother was in Doctor Strange. She oh, was? Yeah, really? she was one of the, one of the apprentices, you oh. know, one of the sorcerers that was trying to protect everything. So she's already established in the marvel continuity so that would right. probably be how that they would mention it or something like that they might mention like oh you know what happened and or they might just say they have you heard about the devil in hell's kitchen yeah there you go oh boy well i mean i, I like this idea of tying it all in but the, i mean you said it's going to be more melodrama than, than an actual superhero show we'll, we'll see because yeah. the flash finds a way of of mixing both up really well mm-hmm. melodrama and action now if you're saying this has more melodrama then maybe I'm a little bit leery, but I'm still willing to check it out. Yeah, well, we know we'll look. All right, well, yeah, we, we definitely know we'll probably review it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's very easy to tie things in together. You just got to have enough rope. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you the glare, bro. That was really bad. Mike, continue before you says, have to sing another joke again. All righty. Anyone listening to this podcast in the vicinity of Big Kev, please have him sit down for this announcement. Batman is officially considered... A metahuman. What? In the upcoming Suicide Squad number 22 final page reveal, Amanda Waller sends her squad to capture two metahumans, Killer Frost and Batman. Boom. Mic drop, comic book canon. What? Or is it? According to Scott, I can't keep a secret Snyder, (laughs) who's not even writing the book, by the way, uh, Waller is known to be a survivor, a conniver, and a big fat liar. After the internet raged its angry Hydra head, Snyder tweeted, quote, not to speak for Suicide Squad, but Batman is not meta. He gets powers for stories like Dark Side War, but he's never been meta in nature. He is meta in his awesomeness, but that's a different matter, end quote. So if anyone sees Big Kev and he has not heard this podcast, just tell him Batman is now a metahuman. <laughs> then run. <laughs> He'll get the news uh, after he wakes from his coma. <laughs> It's funny because you say Kevin. I thought of somebody else. I thought about um, Oliver. Oliver, oh my God! Shout out to Oliver. Yeah, (laughs) I I thought about Oliver saying, "You know, Batman. Batman has superpowers. His intellect. But that's not a superpower." But now it's just smart. Yeah. (laughs) But now they're saying that that you know they. Well, it's more than likely just Amanda Waller, like you know, lying to people for whatever her purpose is. But but as of right now, uh, just for the upcoming story, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, interesting to see. And by the way. You wouldn't have to tell Kevin to sit down because in the cornfield, there are no chairs. Wow. <laughs> You'll sit down when you're done. Ooh. You, you sound like you said that Jennifer's telling him to sit on my lap. <laughs> what else we got? All righty. Here's a story for the calm the fuck down files. All right. Listen, I know we live in exciting nerd times, but level heads must prevail when it comes to lauding praise on live action superhero films. Love your movie. 
despite critic and audience ratings. But remember that all movies have to be judged on a standard, even if you do it by genre. And just because a film is widely loved, making hundreds of millions of dollars, or breaking gender boundaries, it does not mean that it is a great movie by movie standards. Extolling each new superhero feature as the best movie ever without it having the strength to support that claim only adds more heat to the genre haters' fiery critiques. Now, with this said, Warner Brothers is discussing a quote-unquote formidable Oscar award campaign for Wonder Woman in the best picture and best director categories. What? Especially since it is the highest grossing film by a female director ever, earning over $780 million worldwide so far. Now, the recent expansion of the voting roster of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences, which now includes Gal Gadot as a voting member, has inspired Warner Brothers to make a pitch for the first, I'm sorry, for Oscar consideration. Now, FYI, if Wonder Woman is nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, it will be the first superhero film to do so, but it will not be the first comic book adaptation. That distinction goes to 1931's Skippy which was nominated for Best Picture and directed Norman Torog won for Best Director at the 4th Annual Academy Awards. Is, that for, sounds for, like a dog movie. Is that a dog movie? Nah, it's some weird 30s comic strip. Oh. <laughs> All I gotta say is two things. Number one, the way you, you pitched that story, you were like, yeah, the 1930s, and I'm waiting for like some, some, some obscure superhero, and you're like, and, and because of Skippy. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's one of those like kid comic strip, I don't know what it is. But I mean, I, I was just like, come on, guys. If you're telling me that you really honestly believe Wonder Woman is should be nominated for Best Picture and Best Directed, come, stop. I, I love the film, but stop. Now, mind you, okay, I'm a nerd, and as we all know, and I'm not. I, I can I can once in a wait, while. Wait, 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 wait. You're a nerd. Stop, stop it. <laughs> you already know that. You've seen the way I dress. Um, but I understand. Wait, wait, wait. I just you thought he was blind. I just thought he was blind. <laughs> I was waiting for Mike to make a sweater comment. That's what I was waiting for. But it's too it's too warm in the year for that. But just bottom line is, let's not get blinded by by the things that we love to think that something is the best of all time. Like you said in, in your, yeah. In I mean, your it's, I mean, like let's put it this way. Really impassioned. I mean, not saying that that, that Fox yeah. should be doing any kind of uh, campaign either. But if you're telling me Wonder Woman versus Logan. That's, seriously? I was just going to th- say that. Seriously? <laughs> you know. Well, you know, they had one boob in Logan, so they ah. can't nominate it. <laughs> I guess that's the way it worked. Yeah. Oof, oof. I was going to say, physical attraction. Like, oh, that was not for an Academy Award. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just makes no sense. I'm like, look, I understand you're trying to push your movie, but it's just a bad movie to try and start the process for, you know, getting these things considered for more, you know. Legitimate, legitimacy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyhow. Anyhow. On so, to the last. I'm sorry, you have something to say there, Mr. Tech? Comic book movies are movies too. They are. And they have we're their not, genre. We're not doubting that. But but, but Wonder that, Woman just isn't best picture. Comic book <laughs> movies are movies too. <laughs> okay, so we'll, 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 we'll wait for Meryl Streep to be in one and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> Mike, what, what's the last piece? Alrighty. On the last episode of As the DC Superhero Movies Turn, the Flash film pulled a hamstring trying to catch directors as they ran away from the project. In fact, the Scarlet Speedster has not even been able to dodge a page one rewrite of the original script. But now, the world's fastest feature failure will receive another new script with the movie retitled Flashpoint. Lobotomized fanboys are already excited about the possibilities of a film with this name. But wait, there's more. It's been months since Ben Affleck stepped down as director of his solo Batman movie and Matt Reeves wrapped up his Apes trilogy to take the helm. But will the script, crafted by Fat Fleck and Jeff Johns, remain untainted? No. Or in Spanish, no. (laughs) 
Reese has decided to pen an entirely new script. But does sprinkling brown sugar on these piles of shit turn them into oatmeal? Or will a nation's supply of Listerine be used to wash the taste of turd from audience mouths everywhere? <laughs> For these and other important questions, tune in next time when Guadalupita Candelaria, who is Hacienda Falls' oldest and most revered game show contestant, loses her hearing aid during double jeopardy just as she is asked, what letter comes after J? And Guadalupita says, K? Ah, it took you a moment, didn't it? And I'm Spanish, too. <laughs> uh, oh, well done, Mike. All right. And, of course, Mike said, Mike's going to say, oh, and, I, and watch um, Cap fuck up this fucking segue. But I caught it. I caught it. That's all your quick news? That is all my quick news. Well, first of all, i got to say, um, first of all, great, great bit on that one. But secondly, DC, besides Wonder Woman, but, but going back to Wonder Woman, this is why DC's trying to push Wonder Woman because it's the only good film they have. I mean, <laughs> think about years. it. Batman's not off the ground. Right. Suicide Squad was a flop. Bat, Bat v Superman was a flop. Superman. And, and the Man flat, of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel was what it was. Hobo <laughs> Superman. But it's funny because Troy, shout out to Troy, was one of those fanboys that was like, I'm excited for Flashpoint. I'm like, they haven't even made a Flash film. He goes, they're going to do that and Flashpoint. I go, no, watch it. I guarantee you, Flashpoint's going to be the Flash movie. <sighs> but DC being DC. Yeah. Um, Ralph, any quick news? Well, I was going to say about Chester uh, Bennington, but Mike beat me to the punch. And, and by the what way, a shock. To, to clarify um, for people listening to the podcast, I wasn't saying I didn't hear about him dying. I didn't hear about how he died. Oh, and yeah, like really? You said that. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm so, I'm, I mean, it's just so sad to hear about, you know, people losing their their lives, but especially when they take their own lives. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know Kevin Smith on his podcast. I know other people on other podcasts have said, look, if you're feeling down, definitely reach out to somebody. I'm going to echo that sentiment as well as the rest of the guys here on the podcast, if there's any time that you need somebody to talk to, reach out to somebody you really care about that you trust. And if you don't have that, there are hotlines, guys, because sometimes these things just take a while to overcome. Oh, definitely. They said that he suffered from uh, childhood abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Sexual abuse, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, it was too much. Yeah. It just caught back. Yeah, we just heard to hear that. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to, to make a, a gentle but easy transition into our main subject let's go right into it and since mike was talking about matt reeves the new writer not writer but the new um, director of of daredevil batman wow sorry i I wanted to be daredevil (laughs) dad brain strikes again shush shush all right so now let's go to our feature for today which is to discuss and review war for the planet of the apes which people have been saying a lot of great things about and with a synopsis is the guy who just spoke so he should be a little bit hoarse (laughs) mfg mike the finance guy <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. Really? That pun? Oh, God. All right. War for the Planet of the Apes is the third and supposedly final installment of the Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy, which began with 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes and continued with 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Matt Reeves, who directed the sequel, returns as director with a script by Mark Bombach and Reeves. Uh, the, purpose, uh, excuse me, the premise of the movie is similar to the fifth film of the original series, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, but it is not a direct remake by any means, because uh, that movie sucked. Uh, <laughs> War for the Planet of the Apes was made with a $150 million budget and has so far grossed $192 million worldwide. The film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 93% and a Metacritic score of 82 out of 100. All right, synopsis. 
15 years after Rise and 5 years after Dawn, the hard years of leading his tribe has left the leader of the apes looking like Willem Dafoe in a fur coat. <laughs> Caesar and his ragtag group of chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans are pursued by soldiers known as Alpha Omega, led by the ruthless colonel, and this is not the 12 Spices Fried Chicken version. <laughs> after earning a Punisher backstory, Caesar is determined to hunt down and destroy the colonel. Along the way, he finds X-23 and Gollum and learns that revenge is best served cold. You know, like with a giant convenient avalanche. Uh, still using the most amazing sign language in history of suspension of disbelief, ape might not kill ape, but ape will bust a cap in your human ass on his way to the promised land. <laughs> All right. The apes are Andy Serkis as Caesar, Steve Zahn as Bad Ape, Karen Conoval as Maurice, Terry Notary as Rocket, Michael Adamthwaite as Luca, Ty Olson as Red, Toby Cabell as Coba, Judy Greer as Cornelia, Sarah Canning as Lake. Max Lloyd-Jones as Blue Eyes, Devin Dalton as Cornelius, and Alex Ponovic as Winter, and the humans, Woody Harrelson as the Colonel, Amaya Miller as Nova, and Gabrielle Chavaria as Preacher. Oh, wow. Wait, Chavaria? Yeah, just Chavaria. Not, not, not the other name that I know of very nope. well. Nope. Okay. So, um, <laughs> stop. All right. So, before we get into this movie, let's press that button we paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. And that spoiler button was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush. Stush. Only one? Wow. Stush. <laughs> okay, okay, now, 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 that sounds like a really creepy echo. That's what that was. But you guys do that on your own, by the way. <laughs> I, and I keep disclaiming this, so when Steve ever hears us saying that, he knows who to blame. Yeah, you. You're the one that directs us to do it. No, I I never say that. Yeah. By the way, you ever notice that? Like that's why Steve can't sneak up on you because whenever he walks, you hear stush, stush, <laughs> stush. Yeah, one day he's gonna get you guys, and I'm just gonna laugh. I'm just gonna laugh. All right, so let's go into it. Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes. Excuse me. Um, with this movie. I've heard a lot of people saying it's the best movie of the summer. Now, this is this is a summer with movies like Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Baby Driver, just to name a few. Do you guys agree with that assessment that this is, let's put, do it this way, not best of the summer, but do you think it's the best of the three in the franchise? Because typically the third ones suck. Do you think this one is the best out of all three? The best out of all three? Um I would actually have to tie it with the second one only because they're very different movies. This, the third one is very heavy. Yes. It is a very heavy movie. Whereas the second one, I mean, it had its drama, obviously, um, but it was, it's much more actioning of a film. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I think it it moves differently. This one is, it's heavier, but at the same time, I find fault that it also just seems familiar, which is what I was kind of making fun of in my synopsis. It just seems like, I've seen a lot of this movie and a lot of other movies. Yeah. Um, but still enjoyed it. But I mean, as far as watchability, I would watch the second one again before I'd watch the third one. But I still enjoyed the third one. Okay. I- I'm asking your opinion before I drop my, my bombshell. And I'll do that in a second. Ralph, how do you feel? Is it the best of the three? I believe the second one is the best of the three. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a lot better. The story seems a lot better. Mm-hmm. But this third one is still a good film, and it's very watchable. Uh, what's interesting though is like, in, in these kind of movies, like you wanna, you know, you're supposed to side with the apes, and and it's like, 
you want to side with the apes? All right. <laughs> Go ahead. That was my bad. That, that <laughs> is your bad. Go ahead. You want to side with the apes? You want to side with the apes. And the humans make it so easy for you to want to side with the apes because they just act like total dicks. Well, you have to remember, this isn't a movie about, like, you know, are you choosing humanity or not? It's about the right thing and, and the circumstances, you know. I mean, the apes the apes here aren't as um, obvious of a uh, an analogy for, you know, um, equal rights and whatnot as it was in the original tr- um, films. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not about, like, are, do you like humans better than apes? It's just about, like, you know who kind of deserves to rule the planet yeah, by this point. I, I get that. At this point, you want to say, fuck it, apes, go ahead. Because, like, they, they just want to be, they just want to live. Yeah, we just want to live, you know. They just um, want to live. Yeah. Let me live, let me live. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> but with the, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, humanity, you had your chance. You kind of blew it. <laughs> you know, better luck next time. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to drop the bombshell. I wasn't as much of a fan of this movie. Boom! I, yeah, no, because a lot of people were telling me, oh, my God, you're going to love... War for the Planet of the Apes. It's the best one of the trilogy. It's the best movie of the summer. That's what I uh, I was using my intro for. You know why they said that? Why? Because the trailer on, on the commercial said, it's the best movie of the summer. <laughs> I, I'm seriously convinced that that's what makes these people like, say this. I'm like, have you watched the movie? And, so and, what you're saying is that they are hypnotized drones that spew back everything that is told to them. Shit, three quarters of America is like that. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, uh, but, but the things that Mike said that made this film different are the reasons why I didn't like it. The tone, yeah. you know, because the tone was very heavy. I felt, I mean, from the score to um, the limited amount of speaking because you didn't have a lot of human interaction. I mean, the beginning is all ape and it's right. Caesar and them. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's Caesar and the rest of them. Too. And they don't talk. I'm like, God damn it. Is that what it is? They had, they made you read so you didn't like it? Let's put it this way. With any movie with subtitles, there's only but so long you can go before. Like, okay, guys, come on. Let, let, let's let's. I'm I'm a I'm a foreign film watcher, so no, I, I love subtitled movies. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Cap you with your fifth grade reading levels. Hard for you to nah, bro. It's stay not... focused and read the subtitles. First off, I've corrected your English on, on websites. Let's not go there. Number two, <laughs> and I've corrected your grammar in speaking. Yeah, when once <laughs> multiple because, times. Well, the, the the same problem. Anyway, the point is that. <laughs> Um, I just felt like it was too heavy and there were parts of the movie where it really dragged because it's trying to set up a tone and I get it. And they're trying to set up how important it is for the apes, you know, to, you know, reach their goal and the obstacles that are ahead of them. But it felt too much. And not that it's a bad film, but that it's not as good as everybody's saying it is. That, yeah. that, that That's just me. See, the thing is, I mean, I do think it's a good film. I Like I said, it's only because I've seen, like I said, so much of it. I mean, because think about it. it this... Um, story is very much, uh, you know, Moses getting his people through the desert. Yes. I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you've seen this story before, yes. which is uh, my only particular fault to it. But I mean, I do think it was it's well done, it, but it is. It is a heavy film. Um, it was really weird uh, with the introduction of Bad Ape, which is the, you know, the only uh, comic relief that you get in the film. He's a chimp, right? Um, yeah, well, they're chimp, all chimp. Yeah. I mean, well, they're all chimpanzees. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the main ones. I mean, all of them that look the like only, that. The only other one who chimp. fucking spoke besides the one on the bad guy's side. No, they all, they all, all they spoke. Which I think, um, the, orang- the, the, the orangutan kind of spoke. He spoke one word in the beginning, yeah. at the end. Uh, well, no, he's, I mean, he knows how to speak. He just, I don't know why he chooses to sign. Because all of them choose to sign because it's him. And but, but Rocket could speak. Um, you know, that's what I'm saying. They, they, uh, several of them can speak. I don't know what makes them choose to sign language. And I don't understand their sign language. I mean, obviously, I don't. But like, it's like one wave of a hand, and it's like, 
we've gathered here to be <laughs> you're like what the? <laughs> but my favorite is when like they'll they'll sign something and then the apes like they aren't even looking at them start reacting and i'm like yeah. how did you hear that <laughs> you know that's yeah, kind of back turn how did yeah it, it doesn't work that well, way guys. i had that problem remember in the second film because I, I had said that before i'm like it's i get it's moving it along but it's just not believable i think it's more the grunts that help with it you know yeah um but but nonetheless but uh you know like i say it, it is a heavier film um and I was happy that they didn't try to do a sudden shift, you know, like a, a sudden lighthearted shift. I mean, like I said, they tried to add a little lightness, but I'm glad they didn't just spin it all the way around. I, I, I don't think I was looking for a lightheartedness to it, but I guess pacing. Yeah. The pacing felt a, a little bit like you were dragging me through the mud. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the beginning, spoilers, obviously, um, when they kill Caesar's fucking family. Like the Punisher. Like, well, no, like, wow. They killed his Wife, wife and, and his eldest his son. Eldest son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of course, little, little Cornelius is still alive. Yeah, little yeah. Cornelius is alive. But and between that and I felt things moved fast and then it got really slow. Like, um, Winter's betrayal. I was like, that's fast. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they had to kind of move that along. <laughs> it was like, yeah. So, oh yeah, he had one argument that oh he betrayed us. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, it's just like real people. You don't know like how much he was a hundred percent behind Caesar. I mean, they they listen to Caesar because he's the leader, but you don't know how much your people really love you. Yeah, uh, and, and we saw how quickly they'll turn on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quick. It's that that old saying: you don't know how much your people love you until they betray you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, you saw the apes, like you know, I mean, because yeah, obviously once your leader just kind of lets you down once, sometimes people take it a little bit hard. Because remember when they brought uh, Caesar into the prison camp? They all turned their backs on him, and Lake was just like, you know, they don't understand. You know, you have to forgive them. They're, you know, they're basically, they're just hurt and angry, you know? Yeah. I mean, because think about it, he deserted them. You True. know, that scene almost reminded me a little bit of Roots. Okay. When, uh, when Kuta Kinte is getting whipped, and there's like, what's your name? And he's like, Kuta Kinte. And then in this one, Caesar's like, I Give not. them food and water. Psh, psh, psh. Yeah. Give them food and water. Yeah. Well, he's the leader. Yeah. It's always them first. Now, there was very little human interaction. I mean, you had like your your, your shoulder sh- your, your shoulder shots, your soldier shots. There you go. You had use your words. Woody Harrelson, of mm-hmm. course, and then you had Nova. How did you feel about the Nova character? Which, by the way, X twenty three. Nice, nice little comparison. Yeah. How do we well, feel? Well, because about- that felt like Logan. That's what made me think of Logan. Because I'm like, ah, we have this adventure with this little girl that's got to be saved and taken to a better place. And doesn't <laughs> talk. Know? And yeah, um, that's why I said that it's just so much of this movie. Um, I mean, she was fine. I mean, it's it's because I'm I'm a fan of the original um, series. It's just weird seeing their take on how things are moving along. Um, so seeing who they, you know, before it was like, oh, maybe she could be Nova. It's like, oh, no, she's Nova because they called her Nova. Um, it makes me think of the other movie and how this would not make sense in the other original movies because, you know, it's set thousands of years in the future and, you know, she's a grown woman and, you know, it's just different things. But anyhow, um, I like the character enough. I mean, you know, the point there was to, you know, show Caesar's human side, the fact that he does not hate humans. Right, you know, and the fact that he would begrudgingly take care of a little girl that uh, he's well, he actually did shoot the father, so it was kind of his fault. Well, <laughs> um, we assume yeah. that it was her father. Could be. It could be that it doesn't it's matter just, either way. It was whoever was taking care of him. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's father or not. You know. Uh, what I thought was interesting, like, because from what I hear in the original movies, they never explain why the humans don't talk. 
Right, but again, don't forget the, the original movie is thousands of years into the future. So we, you know, it could just be yeah. just natural, you know, not using language. Yeah, and then so this is actually a pretty good explanation that the the virus that the simian flu, yeah, mm-hmm. the simian flu mutated and it causes the humans to become more primitive. But it's the, an explanation, the, but I thought it was a little bit far fetched. Yeah, and then the I fact, was just about to ask you about that. How did you feel about the, that manifestation of the of the so virus? If that's the case. Was it that the girl, because if, if if the girl was more primitive, Nova, mm-hmm. right? If she's become more primitive, then how would she be able to sign also with the monkeys? Well, I don't think she became more primitive. Primitive, she just wasn't able to speak. No, they said that it beca- you become more primitive. Yeah, really. That's why. Well, that's why. Um, the colonel, what was going on towards the colonel at the end, and right? Stuff like that, how but, his 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 motor skills weren't working as well. Um, it's not that. Remember, primitive doesn't mean stupid. It just means that she, in other words, they're saying that you lose all of your, your basic, I guess, like whatever we would consider like our human intelligence, something like that. But it's not even just about communicating. It's like, you, you have to be, it's a slippery slope with that one because with the way they're trying to make it sound like she's dumbed down, it's like, yeah, but you still understand words and concepts. Yeah. So like, it's almost as if you're saying, well, she can't speak the words, but somehow she understands them. But at the same time, she's not that bright, that that's where it gets weird. And you also figure it happened not that long ago because, right. you know, um, you know, unfortunately we're spoiling, um, you know, that this same thing occurs to uh, another character, but, be okay. but when you see the, 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 like one of the big signs that you knew that the, the Colonel had been affected is you saw the blood coming from his nose. Yeah. She still had blood around her nose. Mm-hmm. So that means it must've happened not too long before they got there. Right, that's fairly so I, so I'm like, you know, this is just like, I didn't like it only because it just felt like a little bit of a, it felt too much, um, you know, like like a plot point just to move things along. It's like if you told me it wore down on the person, sure, and then eventually they got to this state. But you're kind of telling me that there's this virus that mutes you and simultaneously, you know, limits your ability, you know, your 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 intelligence somehow, and it just happens like one, two, three. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of weird, you know. Right. And then to you know to give an explanation, but but nonetheless, um, it, it still was an interesting point. But I thought it felt a little bit shoehorned in. Yeah, I, I mean, right. understandable. I, I like the explanation, but I definitely feel I definitely do feel it was kind of shorthand and also. Um, how do we feel about the villain, the main villain? They kind of pushed in previews, and they, mm-hmm. you know, Woody Harrelson. This, this was he a general or lieutenant? Colonel, Colonel, whatever. He's the colonel. Yeah, I mean, his name is the colonel. Yeah. Well, how do we how do we feel about him? Do we do we feel like um, good about, villain or underutilized? About the colonel? Yes. The colonel? Yes, the colonel. <laughs> well. I thought Woody Harrelson, love him, great actor. <laughs> love him, we'll have him over for lunch. That's what yeah. it sounded like you wanted to say. Yeah, <laughs> great actor, you know. But in here, it seemed like, I don't know, it's like there was something about the way he was playing the the characters, like almost like he was phoning it in a little bit, you know? Uh, well, I mean, at wow. times I thought, you know, he was spot on. It's I don't think I felt he was phoning it. I just felt like they didn't have enough placement for him. Like, like he was underutilized, you yeah. know, because we know he's a good actor and he delivered his lines. I thought he delivered them well, at least for me, but it just felt like there, there was, it felt like this, if this movie had been like three and a half hours longer, there would have been more with him yeah. and more interaction. W- Not saying it would have made it better, just that there, yeah, I just feel like there's something missing. It was more know? meat. Yeah. yeah. I will say this, the, the only scene that I truly like uh, of the colonels Mm-hmm was when he was talking to Caesar and telling him about how the the disease uh, right. the, the theory that the disease mutated right and telling him how 
spoiler, he had to shoot his own son. Right. And then he's like, I looked him in the eye. I held him close and with him still like pawing at me and I shot him. Right. And he's just like, that's when I knew right. what I had to do. Well, that, was, that was powerful, but that wasn't enough, it felt like. But, but no, also, no, no, also, it's, yeah. it's the only true scene that I really like with him in it. Yeah. I, I, for me, that scene was very, which is what it was. It was very much exposition. It was just like, I, yeah. we need to tell this tale. Um, yeah, and, but, we need, and we need to get this virus thing explained. And, but, one and we can't show a kid yeah. getting shot, so let's have him tell him. <laughs> right. But, but also... Um, it, you know, I mean, also it served to show how different Caesar and the Colonel are. And in other words, even though we, he wasn't put in that position, you would imagine that Caesar would never have put down his own child. No. And, you know, even if you might say like, yeah, I wouldn't want my son to be suffering. The point was, like we see, the thing is we see Nova. Nova does not appear to be suffering. Nope. She's just not the child that you knew she probably was earlier. Meaning so that your son, meaning the Colonel, that your son wasn't probably suffering. You just were either embarrassed or ashamed or whatever you want to call it, that your son was now different. Yeah. And so like you realize that, you know, that's the show. They're two very different characters. It's not like, oh, they both lost a child, so let's compare. It's like, no, look at the circumstances of the loss. One was murdered, you know, uh, ruthlessly in an attempt to kill him, and the other one was sacrificed because of I don't pride probably, you know. It's, right. it's well he he claims it's in the the defense of the rest of the human race because it's sure, a, go, a way to stop the virus is by preventing its spread. But right. it's it's more a selfish self-preservation in a way because he's like, I don't want to get sick either. Right. So I'm just going to shoot my son and burn the bodies. Right. You know, but, but also I did find that weird too. I mean, granted, you know, virus changing, I guess, makes the rule different. I mean, I'm no virologist or anything like that. But you would almost think that since the virus itself was killing humans, that it would be the people that were infected with the virus if that was killing them, it would have mutated and instead of mutating to jump to everyone else it hadn't affected in the first place. Well, it's, it's, uh, they never said that they, the people actually died from the... the well, I think that is what killed most of the human race. I, I think they established that for the second oh, movie. The, the, yeah, it, yeah. the simian flu is what killed yeah, most yeah. of the human race. Yeah, yeah. but he's saying like it, it never killed any of the, the actual survivors that were being like turned primitive. No, no, no. I'm just saying that uh, the fact that the virus itself was... Killer, a killer virus. Okay. That suddenly it's now not a killer virus. Oh. It's just a weird. It just jumped into something that's benign and now able to attack people that it obviously hadn't attacked before. It's just kind of a weird jump. That's how know? mutations work. I guess I'm. Yeah. yeah. I'm a virologist. Ah, there we I, go. I will tell you. As silent, that's how mutations as, silent work. as I was was during this debate is as silent as I was during the uh, movie. Except I fell half asleep. Yeah. Really? No, I was. I'm I was very sure. engaged in the I, film. I was. I was. Not, you know, it's funny. I was engaged in moments, and not only the action moments. There was some, you know, like 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 the, like the thing with um um the colonel talking to Caesar. That was a very engaging scene, but I felt like some of the scenes was a lot of you know them being in the concentration camps and all. It just I don't know. And usually I'm okay with that. I just was not. I, I tuned out. I tuned I, out. I thought the tunnel felt a little bit also uh, kind of oh. forced in. You know. The happenstance of that, but again, like I said, it's well. That was also it led to not only reason, but a little bit more uh, entertainment value. Yeah. What's up there, Mister Chuck? Going back to your Moses comparison, when, uh, when the Colonel's looking down at Caesar and he's tied on the stocks, mm-hmm. all I could hear in my head is uh, Caesar going, "Let my people go." Uh, actually, he was <laughs> just saying, "Let my people throw shit in your face." <laughs> 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 that poor guard. That poor guard. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> Who did it? Who you're animals? Who threw poop at me? But, which is weird. I'm like, well, they are animals, <laughs> and they're known for their poop throwing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, um, how did you feel about the Great Escape? 
Um, or the, the whole plot for The Great Escape. It, it just was a movie escape. I mean, I didn't think about that much one way or the other. It just seemed like, you know, we need to get them out of here. So it was as good as any. <laughs> it, felt, it wasn't overly clever or anything like that. In, here's, here's the way my mind works. I, I felt like I was watching uh, Ocean's Eleven for a moment where it's like, all right, here's the plan. <laughs> or like a, a, a an A team episode, where he's like, "All right, here's the plan. All right, we're gonna need you to distract the guards. All right, you're gonna th- dig the tunnel. Oh crap, the tunnel's being filled. Okay, so we're gonna have to have the kids uh, walk over here, do this. Uh, we're gonna get that mm-hmm. guard, throw some shit at him. We're gonna take his keys, get the babies. All right, yeah. good to go. Do you understand the, the the comparison you made? You went from Steve Soderbergh, yeah, I know, to fucking B A Barack as Mr T. Yes. <laughs> Steve Soderbergh, yes. high up here. Yes. B.A. Barakas, that's, that's quite a jump. I know. <laughs> but in my head, this, the music was playing. Like, I guess. Because, you know, in all those heist movies where you have, all right, here's the plan. Right. Well, that's what know. it felt like Caesar was doing. All right, here's the plan. And um, so so obviously they, they try to make this escape. And, you know, they have the, the, the military coming in to go get the colonel's the, the colonel squad. Right. So that's also a part that I, I felt was just bizarrely pushed it, in where it you find out up. that there's, yeah, the fact that. So the colonel seems to be military, but he's not like official. He's, if, no, well, he, first of all, if there even is really a United States left, I mean, to say that there is a United States, but so he's military. He's a rogue faction right. of the current military. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was just bizarre. And like, you know, the, the fact of you didn't know, did his people understand why they were with him, you know, like, or were they just thinking that they were just part of the same group, but, you know, but not like it was just very unclear with what went on. How bizarre. I don't know what you're really? talking about. <laughs> but, uh, it's, a, it's a song. But Look yeah, but I mean, it just felt like, and the fact that they, that there wasn't much interaction with this, it, like you know, the uh, the other military or the official military just almost seemed like the boogeyman threat until you saw them for like all of three minutes. You yeah. know, I, I'm gonna spoil the ending. Just so, here's a big warning. So if you don't want to hear this, five, four, three, two, one. Spoil. What instant karma is that? The fact that. They're bombing the shit out of this base, right? Attacking, and then once they arrive there, the the, the actual quote unquote army mm-hmm. goes. They arrive and they're celebrating. And right when they're about to turn and and shoot Caesar, that fucking avalanche just comes and wipes them all out. I'm assuming that means you didn't listen to my summary. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is hilarious. When, like I said, you know, it's like with a giant convenient avalanche. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, I just see it as like instant karma. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it was just wipe was out bit... the whole. It, or it's like it's like uh, the the whole uh, saying about pride. Right. You know, pride cometh before the fall. There it is. I don't think that's actually the way that saying works. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> that's not how that works. But if it's you really, how I see it in my. But mind. if you really think about it, though, really all it did was that was the parted sea that just came down and crushed all the armies that would have opposed Moses' people making to the promised land. Holy That's exactly shit. what that was. You just blew you know, it, it really just, It just wiped out all the soldiers so that this way it wasn't like, okay, you stopped the colonel's faction, but now you've got to deal with these soldiers. It's like, no, we've just made sure we made that nice and easy. So, yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about that. Wait, hold, hold on. Did you hear that? Sam. Ooh. Oh God! My mind is just blown. But now, what do we? Much. What do we think of? Uh, what <laughs> do we think of bad? Ape? What do we think of bad ape? I'm waiting for him to turn. He is hilarious. I'm waiting right. for him. To you turn. thought he was going to be a full fledged golem? I, I th- yeah, I really thought he was going to. He was going to turn. Nah, I knew that he was on the side of the apes. I'm like, nah, this guy's t- too hilarious and too like childlike to to be a double agent. Yeah, I mean, he was just out on his own. But I mean, I can see where. A different type of movie where they could have just like not that he would have been clever but they could have left him out there 
if in case other apes had happened along. No, right. he could have just been an, uh, a dupe for them, like meaning like, oh, here this way, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, but no, it's just I thought it was interesting that they left it that really only the gorillas were still hating Caesar. Yeah. Like I don't know what the deal was up with that. <laughs> the donkeys. Yeah. I, and that was also weird. Don't get, get me yeah. my grenade launcher. Yeah, it was just I, I found that part was that? weird. Um, wasn't bad. No, that was good. I did find that weird um, with them siding with the humans, and also like that they became so extra meek. It wasn't just like, you know, okay, we're siding with the humans, we're doing what we need to do, but they just seemed actually afraid of the humans, which was weird considering that the reason that they were helping the humans, you know, according to Caesar, is that they were part of Coba's faction, and I understand that you know Caesar now won, and they were afraid for their lives. Which is weird because a they know Caesar wouldn't have killed them, yeah. Um, and also that the that Koba hated humans, yeah. So like it just really was weird. I mean, like I got that you needed to move the humans along, and and I noticed you you paused there, tech. But no, you know that um, Caesar would not kill apes. Do not kill apes. I mean, that's he had no reason to done it. And Koba, like he made it very clear, you are no longer you are not an ape, yeah. Because you know you weren't fighting for your people, but the gorillas, he probably, I don't, who knows what he would have done with them, but he wouldn't have killed them. He probably would have just said, you know what? Um, come here, give him a little bitch slap and be like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Something along that line, you know, cause I mean, they also didn't seem to have jail. So yeah. <laughs> did, did you, did you um, like the idea of, they kept revisiting the idea of Caesar thinking about Koba and about, you know, um, how he's comparing himself to I Koba. am like Koba. Oh, I was fine with that because I mean, that's, that would be his biggest fear is to become something that he sees as, foul and and uh deranged as Koba. Yeah, I was fine with that. And to to get back to your point about like how those gorillas went with the humans. Mm-hmm. This old, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend, so Yeah, I mean, but at the same but they weren't working with the humans. They were enslaved by them. And that's what I'm saying so that were like Were they really? Yeah, 100%. They were thought to be no. They were, dude. They, they were weren't slaves. in cages. They, they they called them all donkey. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like that became yeah. the name like you've been enslaved. So it's it's almost again. I mean, taking back now to a, a more um, a more historical thing. I mean, it's just like the blacks that sided with the white slave owners, yeah. that they still were enslaved, but they thought that this was to their benefit. And it's like, nah, it really wasn't working. <laughs> you know. So what you're saying is they're house niggas. Yeah, pretty much. What? <laughs> yeah, pretty you much. Drop the n bomb, bro. You know. But uh, I, I know this episode's heavy, but damn, you just made it like two tons heavy. It's okay. I, I got permission before I said it. Oh god! <laughs> I'm wondering who who authorizes so I could revoke their fucking but, rights. But now, how do we feel about what we knew was coming, but the length of time for the uh, the red reversal? Uh, red was oh. the gorilla that worked with the humans towards the end. Oh, the moment when uh, when you see Caesar just like struggling and he's about to be killed, and then the that other soldiers just like screaming at him, "Donkey, donkey!" Yeah. But I, uh, I knew. I mean, I knew it was coming. But right. there was a part of me because I, I knew it was coming. But I'm asking, like, did we feel that that was drawn out? That's what I'm asking. Like, yeah, because we all knew it was coming. I mean, you you saw it in his eyes when he looked at Caesar after the first time they chained him up because he realized Caesar was not breaking. I think he realized then it's like, uh, no wonder you beat Coba. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're you are the man. <laughs> you know? I, I kind of want. I mean, it, it was drawn out, but I kind of wanted to see just so I would be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, <laughs> Caesar fighting the human. The humans getting ready to shoot him, and all of a sudden. Red grabs the grenade launcher and shoots Caesar. Credits. Right. <laughs> that would have ended differently. That would have been interesting. Now, what do we think, though, about Preacher? Preacher. Who was Preacher? Preacher is the one that Caesar went out of his way to let go. 
And unfortunately, he never learned to appreciate that. Caesar, Preacher is the one that Caesar is fighting at the end. Oh, the oh, soldier. Yeah. Right, that's Preacher. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So what do we think of him? Soldier till he dies. I mean, till he's blown up by a grenade launcher. No, I'm just asking Spoiler. what we thought of it. I mean, like, it, I, mean, I, thought it was, I thought his was an interesting character, but I also felt his character needed to be explored a little bit longer um, to realize that, like, in other words, he wasn't the typical, like, because I, I think for most movie tropes, what would have happened? What should have happened in most movie tropes? He would have he would have been the one to turn on the colonel yeah. right. and be like, you know, yes, this yes. guy saved me. But meanwhile, because remember, remember when the colonel's talking about killing anybody basically that has that virus. Yeah. In other words, kill because remember he was shocked. He did not realize the colonel had killed um, his own men um, that that Caesar and his troop found. He didn't realize that because he was shocked yeah. to hear that. So this is the again, this is the typical tropes of ah, you're the soldier that's going to turn against the colonel because you realize that he's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then they, but at the end, you saw he still fought on that side. And unfortunately, as we say, if you didn't learn your lesson, now you get blown up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who says that, but I agree with that. Anyone yeah. with a rocket launcher says that. <laughs> what it was is that the fact that he was spared by Caesar, mm-hmm. right? And in a soldier's eyes, that's a form of disrespect in a way. You would b- rather die with honor in the battlefield than to be spared by your enemy. Cause yeah. when you go back to your army, you're seen as this sort of like, you're, you're not pity, even pity worth, case. yeah, but, you're uh, not even worth being killed right. by me. Well, I see that if this was 300, <laughs> but, no, but, but, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you notice that was not his reaction at all, he had no disrespect to Caesar at all throughout the, until the very end when he actually tried to kill him for what well, we're not exactly clear exactly what his reason was, you know, you know, I'm saying like he, he, because remember he even says like he say he let me go. You know, like he wasn't like that bastard let me go. It's like he knew he was spared. You, you got to read in between the lines. No, that's not what we're here for. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like, this motherfucker let me live. What disrespect? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, so that's why I was asking like what we thought about the character, only because he didn't follow the normal movie tropes, which is right. fine. Um, but then also the fact that uh, it turned out that he wasn't appreciative of uh, his life after all. Uh, again, it was a curiosity of mine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it was different the direction they went with him. But like I said, at that point in the movie, I kind of wanted the movie to be over. I felt like it was dragging a little long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, let me ask you this. Before we go into ratings and questions, were you happy with the resolution of the colonel and the resolution for Caesar? I, I wasn't very happy with, with the colonel's resolution. I I that, saw, was, that was a cop-out. It was a know. very lame yeah. cop-out kind of a... Kind I of, saw that coming. Big spoiler. Yeah. The colonel comes down oh, with this, the look disease. Look at this motherfucker. He gets one spoiler. Now he wants to spoil everything. Listen, no, I'm spoiling everything in this movie, all right? Go ahead. So the colonel comes down with the disease and can't talk right when Caesar's going to go kill him. Right. So he's, he's coming out. Caesar walks up to him and sees the colonel reaching for his gun. Caesar thinks that the colonel's going to shoot him. But he's like, no, shoot me, Caesar. Come on. He's like mouthing it because he can't really say it because he can't talk. And Caesar's like looking at him. And then he has that Cobra flashback. And he's like, nah, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to shoot you. Puts the gun in his hand and says, do it yourself, motherfucker. I'm reading it right. between the lines. Well, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, yeah, but the, thing, the thing is, when you, when you watch the film, um, <laughs> you see that. I mean, obviously, uh, Caesar was there to kill him. Um, but then you see, once Caesar realizes that he is not a threat yeah. and that the disease has taken him, that you, you remember, um, if you remember, the, the, they do a close-up and Caesar kind of smiles. He sees his revenge and he's 
it's it's also that kind of smile that's like you know you get what you deserve i no longer have to become koba that's that was his realization that he no longer had to be koba because his revenge he realized was this revenge was better than what he would have had planned and it would not damage his conscience you know um so there was a lot of that pleasure in that um i just felt like you know again if we had had more time if they had done more like a the disease was progressive to see to say that like maybe that's why the colonel was a little bit off his gourd was that it had been eating away at him or right. something like that i think it would have been um a lot better of a you know resolution for the character as opposed to one two three you've got the disease and now you know caesar doesn't have to kill you blah blah blah, blah. I, I just thought that was a little bit too quick um but caesar um well like i said he was the moses character so you knew the moment he got injured trying to uh, escape towards the end, I knew right then and there he would not see uh, or he would not be able to enjoy, I shouldn't say see, he wouldn't enjoy their quote unquote promised land. You yeah. knew that right away. Um, know. You know. Uh, now, what do we think of Maurice? He, Maurice I, was the orangutan. Yeah, I love yeah. Maurice. He's, he's just, just, I feel like he was more active in the second one than he was in this one. I mean, he was in this one enough, but not as as active. I mean, he was active. I mean, he was in this quite a bit. I mean, or just yeah. like I love his statement uh, when it came to Nova. When Caesar's just like, you know, we got places to be, we can't take her. He's like, I understand that. But I'm not leaving her. But I'm not leaving her. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, uh, you know, Caesar was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, I'm not leaving you here. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, just, just I just love Maurice. I mean, I just he's just such a great character. He is hands down like Caesar's right hand man. Well, like he's his conscience. Yeah. He's his conscience. Yeah. Because um, because it's, I would say his right hand man, meaning as in like uh to help him along would be Rocket. Rocket is more like his brother, right? You know that kind of a thing. But yeah, but see, um, but Maurice is definitely his conscience. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, but yeah, his Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I like the character. Uh, and also, like, finally, because I think I made fun of it even um, by the second film. I'm like, because even in the second film, there were no orangutan. No, just him. But but and then in this one, I'm like, still none. And then finally, <laughs> they did a shot, and it was like, ah, there's others. He's just the largest one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, he, I'm like, okay, he's getting some now. All right, all right, so. Um. Anything else before we go to renaming and ratings? No. Oh, by the way, do we think that uh, they'll take a little time and uh, Tyler might end up coming back from his space mission? Because <laughs> oh, remember, that's how the first one ends. Right. That Tyler has been shot off into space on exper- you know on an experimental journey, and that's how the actual Planet of the Apes comes in. Because he, well, again, that one's thousands of years in the future. They couldn't do that with, or they wouldn't do that with this one if they wanted to include Nova as she is, you know, even if they said like 20 years later, now right. she's a, a full grown woman, but like they could always have him come back to the planet is now overrun. Do we think that we might go, they might go there or do you think we're uh, going to end it here for a while? Depends how, how thirsty the, the, the movie company is. Honestly. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, you could do it. I right. don't want them to. I, I was mean, about to, but I'm asking also not just could they, but like, is this something that we would want to see? Nope. So not uh, for you. Uh, what about you, Mr. Tech? I definitely would want to see that. I'd be interested. I mean, like the only thing is that if they did try and keep it a little bit more along the line and use the this original Nova, and like I said, even if she's an adult, it's it wouldn't be the Planet of the Apes that we know from the movie where they've literally just taken over, meaning that like they're running stores and you know what I mean? Like because it would be too soon because it's only been like it'd only be like you know like I said even if they said 20 years it would be too soon for something like that to occur. So it would be an interesting take on where they're going to go with it. And also I thought it was funny that uh, Caesar's oldest son was named Blue Eyes because that's what they call um, Charlton Heston 
in the, oh, they call right. him Blue Eyes because they didn't have a name for him. I forgot about yeah. that. I, I I'm so removed from the other, from the other movies. I love those movies. The, those movies for me were, were, were always a sign of yeah, it's Sunday afternoon. You should be outside playing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's what it was for me. It wasn't even like an interesting movie uh, until like later on when I got older. You know what I would love to see? Maybe if like they do a thousand years in the future, mm-hmm. and like the monkey civilization is actually progressed. Uh, like super progressed to a point where like they have far more advanced technology than humans ever reached. Interesting. That'd be interesting. Right. That'd be cool. To say that the the, through generations because of the, the simian virus, their intelligence actually just keeps on getting more and more. That would be an interesting one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ask you. Evidently you're monkey free. You're monkeyed out by now. I'm monkeyed out just by the movie. And mind you, the movie wasn't bad. The movie wasn't bad. It just, I don't know. Like I like the second one so much better, and the first one, even though the first one had our favorite weed head James Franco. <laughs> you, you, a, you know what helps to make the movie better? If you're not snoring through it. Well, the movie should make me snore through it. How about that? I don't even yeah. know if that deserved that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wasn't even that funny. But let's let's go to renaming the film, fuck Ralph. You. Yeah, fuck you. Begin. Rename the film, Ralph. Go. The only time he could use that his only impersonation that he could do <laughs> it's a good title though right yeah. I guess it would work imagine saying that to your wife alright all right. Uh, Planet of the Apes Parting of the Monkeys Ooh. okay I think you should just go with I can help better <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, renaming the film War for Staying Awake While Reading Through Too Many Goddamn Subtitles Mike <laughs> Wow, you know, you would think that reading would be more fundamental for you. It's fundamentally <laughs> boring. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, after, like I said, as I pointed out so much how many uh, different movies were in there, I, I would just recall, uh, retitle it, Logan, the Punisher of the Apes at the Two Towers <laughs> Holding Ten Commandments. <laughs> well done. Let my people go. Oh, my God. All right. So let's go for it. Ratings for War of the Planet of the Apes. Mike? I give it eight and a half. Ape, not kill ape. But sometimes accidents happen out of 10. <laughs> okay. I give it seven feces flinging as a way to distract somebody out of 10. Ralph? I give it eight bad ape, bad ape, bad ape. You want some food? Bad ape. <laughs> out of 10. All right. So there you have it. War for the Planet of the Apes. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't a bad movie like Bad Ape, but, you know, that, that goes to be desired. I mean, that's left to be desired. But please, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. So, you think these bozos would actually have the foresight of creating a new commercial after they make something cool? Well, since they're too lazy, Big Kev here is telling you to download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app. That's right. It's got lots of cool features, like different comic trivia games to keep you busy, and an episode vault so you can catch up on shows you've missed. Like all the episodes with me. New things are being added as we speak. So download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app for all of your Apple devices in the App Store. Also, find Meanwhile 22 Pages Later on Facebook and tell them what you think of the app and the show. Personally, I think they suck.
Geeks on the Go. Now we're more. <laughs> That's actually pretty good for the first time. I heard you over the music, <laughs> which is amazing. And we're never going to do it again because we're not going to talk about the apes ever again. There we go. Thank God. All right. So, you know, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. We rarely make it under a minute. Rarely means one. I made that rule. That's the way it's going to go. I had to put that up there because we go, what's rarely? Rarely means one. <laughs> Rare means more than one. All right, here we go. You Now you want to correct me. I'm just saying. He, Ralph's, Ralph's in for, for correcting me now. <laughs> he just wants to correct me. All right. Ready, set, go. Third installments of trilogies usually suck. Which of these suck the least? Spider-Man 3, X3, X-Men Age of Apocalypse, or Dark Knight Rises? Ralph. Dark Knight Rises. I figured you'd say that. Right. Mike. Unfortunately, Dark Knight Rises uh, barely beats the others because it, um, they didn't have Topher Grace, pixelated disintegration, or lame cosplay villains. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Which villain is is more ruthless? Doctor Doom, the Joker, or Green Goblin? Mike. After dissecting, mismatching body parts, and reanimating Asgardian residents just to see what would happen, Doctor Doom is easily the most ruthless villain. Wow, I'm surprised by that. Um, Ralph. I would have to say the Joker because he'll just kill you for the fun of it. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going for that one as well. After um, San Diego Comic Con showed us their coming attractions, which comic book movie franchise is in the lead? Ralph. Uh, that's my opinion? Yes. Thor, I guess? I no, know. no, but which, which comic book movie franchise? Marvel, DC? Oh, okay. You should have made that more clear. Sorry. I'd say Marvel. All right. Time is up. <laughs> I was so close. Ah, Mike. Oh, DC, with your desperate 189 characters without backstories <laughs> crammed into a trailer, you still aren't as exciting as a bad actor with a hammer and CGI friend from work. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I know him. <laughs> you know what's funny? You see the other trailer? That's not even the fucking funniest line. No. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, with, uh, Hulk like fire, Thor like water, or whatever. I don't get into that. <laughs> um, all right. And lastly, after Chris Evans' contract expires with Marvel, What's your prediction on what will happen to Captain America, the character, in the movies? Ralph. Uh, he gonna die. You think he's gonna die? He gonna die. All right. Mike. I say if, uh, I think if Marvel tries to take his shield, he will command his loyal fans to descend on Marvel Studios staff like a plague of locusts, leaving nothing but bones and breast implants in their wake. (laughs) (laughs) Or Marvel will wait a long time and recast the character. Either way, there will not be a black Captain America, so don't even think it. (laughs) (laughs) And there won't be Bucky? Um, nah. I really? Don't, you don't nah, think, no, nah. no. I think that storyline, it, it's just too old now. You know, it's it's not fresh. Just like the the fact that, you know, there was a black Captain America. Now that's gone. It's it's just going to be Cap or it's not going to be Cap. Actually, um, you know, Marvel's already reached out. They've asked me to take up the mantle. Ooh, Captain Wetback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, Wetback. they're like, Mr. Tech, um, you're amazing and we want you to be the next Captain America. And I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'm looking at you with, with like, do you believe half the shit you say out loud? Do you hear yourself sometimes when you speak? Uh, only a quarter of the times. A quarter of the time. Yeah. Well, which is more than when you listen Look to Mike. Look who's saving us. Captain Barely Illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a green card, so don't call the police. Captain $5 Cab. <laughs> I'm also your Uber driver. And also the store owner. <laughs> Captain America, could you also fix my sofa on the way out? No, not a problem. <laughs> and help out with the, being a bar back. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go for it. Shout outs. Um, Mike, any shout outs for you? I'm still shouting out my wonderful niece out there in Kuwait who's sending me pictures of camel uh, 
like camels in the road out there and stuff like that. So hopefully she's doing well. Hey, niece in Kuwait, maybe you should send more pictures. Put put something on the camels. Make it interesting. Let us know that you're really doing it for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and oddly enough, she did send a picture. Um, there was like a Phillies, um, some pieces of a Phillies like a poster or something like that somewhere like out in the field in Kuwait. And I'm like, wow, there's Phillies fans way out there. Niece in Kuwait, here's what you need to do. You got to find one of them candles, uh, candles, camels, and uh, put the Meanwhile 22 logo on them. Yeah. Just brand them. Now. Come on, cool. Cheryl. Just brand it. Just try. <laughs> I would love to see that. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. And then everybody just be like, what is that? And then you say, it's an amazing podcast. Exactly. There you go. To it. And get us some Air Force sponsors, too. Yeah. <laughs> wow, now you're pushing it. But I hope she's safe. And then, uh, of course, all my usual shout outs. All the people, you know I love you. I don't love you. <laughs> oh man alright Ralph uh, i like to shout out uh, no, no one in particular wow okay wow that, that's a new one um, <laughs> I've got someone in particular to um, shout out and this is because for the past couple of podcasts is it oh, your mistress no oh. she no, doesn't get a mistress. shout out huh what she doesn't get a shout out I don't get I don't have a mistress guys she just ah. gets all your love guys 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 <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble for something I didn't do. It's bad enough I do that on my own already. I don't need your fucking help. <laughs> but no, no. Um, I was going to say shout out to um, to my cousin Abel. That's weird. My cousin Abel sounds like a movie. Uh, <laughs> for listening to the podcast and catching up with us. The fact that he hit me up with, he said, um, what did he say? Um, Tom and Fuzzy Taco and then um, Monkey Fuck. The fact that he's done that and Aaron hasn't said goddamn one word to me. Nope. And, and and I and I work with the girl and I see her at least twice a week. Yep. And every time I see her, I'm like waiting for something else. I listen to the podcast and I look at her with the eye. you're lying. Such a liar. You're lying. To so me. what's the, what's the code word for this week, Sir Cap? You know, what? I'm not uh, until she says monkey fuck or fuzzy taco. I'm not saying anything. Wow. So the code if word. If only the whole podcast had been that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the code word for this week is. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Speaking of please stop, um, shout out to Ruben, who, who's like, guys, don't stop doing podcasts. Why were you guys late this time? I was like, yeah, well, we didn't all see the movie. It's not weird. We, we got lives and shit, you know? Yeah. I don't have a life, but I still hadn't seen the movie. Hey, it's okay. I was trying to cover up for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely shout out to my wife. Shout out to um, my mom for watching the babies today. Thank God. Otherwise, this podcast would have been a mess. Um, shout out to, of course, Big Joe doing stats. Big Kev mining the cornfield. Um, Johannes in, wait, sweet, in Sweden eating good food and wait, wait, putting comic books on Instagram. Yeah. And, and what about uh, Hipster Tom? Hipster Tom, who's like, I don't know where he is now. He's, hey, he's he traveling was, the he universe. Was, he was in Vegas and he's in Cuba. What the fuck, man? Wait, you, you think people mine cornfields? <laughs> well, you know those underground stalks of corn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ralph. You want me to start dissecting half the shit you say? What did you find? Gold? Nope. Corn. <laughs> corn. <laughs> <laughs> On the cob still. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine corn. Uh, okay. All right. I also want to um, remind people so that uh, if you are suggesting to your friends to listen to us, and I hope you are because we like more of a fan base. And if you are, tell them to go to our damn Facebook page and like us because that's the only way we know. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you are suggesting to their friends, your friends and they're going, oh, I don't do SoundCloud and I don't like iTunes because I don't have an Apple phone. Do remind them that we are on Google Play and on Stitcher, Stitcher Radio. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's lots of ways. The Google Play pretty much destroys anybody with an Android from saying they can't find us. 
And wherever you listen, give us a review. Yeah, that's let right. Us know. And let us know what's going on, guys. Like, hit us up. I mean, by the way, um, I had told Abel, I said, you know, with all that listening and catching up to the podcast, we got to send you a free T-shirt. Yeah. And with, with a little star on the shoulder saying, like, you achieved this. It's kind of like the achievement Joe wanted for filling, finishing fucking Iron Fist. And all we gave him was a slap across the face. <laughs> At least it wasn't an Iron Fist slap. That's true. That yeah, who, who, said you, who said I used my hand? <laughs> so, what? Yo, you, you don't even know your own soundboard. You, I speak English like you use that soundboard. I wasn't using my hand. I'm sorry. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> I didn't realize the buttons were that small. So, <laughs> so for MMG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, we're off the tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And thank God no more eight movies.